Yo, 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 what's the deal? It's the Say No More Podcast, and we back, you know what I'm saying, with episode 10. You know what I mean? We, Alan B, back to talk some more hip-hop with y'all, you know what I mean? And we appreciate the love and support, everybody that's been checking out the podcast, you know what I'm saying? On the last joint, you know, we went over the Kanye West bracket, which was a big thing. So it was a two-part episode. We broke it up. And at the end of the episode today, we will get down to the final four because we came down to, you know, four picks between um, the two of us. You know what I'm saying? So we'll go ahead and break those down. It shouldn't be that long. You know what I'm saying? But we appreciate anybody that's a Kanye fan. Those are the last two episodes. So you definitely want to check those out. You know what I mean? But, you know, it's a new week. You know, hip hop continues to move. You know what I'm saying? The culture continues to move forward. Sometimes it takes a couple steps backwards. But, we here to cover the whole thing, you know what I'm saying? So we back. What's good with you, B? How you been? I've been good, man. Chilling, man. How you been? Cooling, man. Cooling. Just, you know, trying to trying to keep my head above water, working and all of that. But, you know, just, you know, hip-hop is it's funny nowadays, you know what I'm saying? It's definitely not like it used to be. We're not coming on here trying to be old heads, you know what I'm saying? We, we definitely have a sense of humor in it. We understand that the times change, you know what I mean? So... I kind of just, you know, just take it little by little, you know what I'm saying, here and there, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, what you want to get into today? What you want to talk about? I know you had, I know we put uh, some stuff in the past. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on. Um, um, right. I want to start with, I want to start with Joe Budden, you know, one of our favorite hip-hop artists. True. Um, Royce, another one of our favorite hip-hop artists. And on, it was a, a recent question been coming up, is is Joe Budden disloyal? Mm-hmm. Oh, so you want, me to, this, you want me to tackle that yeah, one? Yeah, because yeah, if we do some background, all this kind of stems around, you know, Joe commenting or not commenting on Eminem's recent album, him commenting on Eminem's Untouchable song, and then obviously Royce and Eminem are, you know, they go back. It mm. has to be 20, it has to be 15 years plus or at least. Most definitely. So it's kind of it's kind of seeming like Royce is almost the the mouth for Eminem. It seems like from what I've been hearing. I'm not saying I know anything in inside stuff, but just from some of the stuff that Royce has been saying. And it kind of feels like it's spilling out to Joe in a roundabout way instead of, you know, I believe if M had a problem with Joe, I think that should have been like a call to Joe, like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, kind of like a man-to-man talk, but it seems like from what Joe says and what Royce has been saying, Joe and Royce have these talks, and it kind of seems like that gets filtered to Eminem. And then it seems like Eminem is kind of filtering stuff back to Royce. And then this is how it's coming out. Um, so how do you feel about that? Do you think Joe Budden has been disloyal in this whole affair? I mean, I know this is the thing is, correct me if I'm not wrong, Slaughterhouse wasn't Shady Records until the second album. Is that correct? Um, I believe, remember, I believe so. Remember, yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't a shady creation. It was more like, you know, let's put you on a major and see if we can take this to the next level type deal. 
so that so from my understanding that's where Joe Budden and Eminem's history comes from is just him being an artist on a group signed to Shady Records mm-hmm. and I can't think of anything else they've done together or collaborated with <laughs> or or even if they've crossed paths but for me that seemed like a you know a fairly short history and then obviously they had time in the studio um, and then whenever they may have kicked it so how do you feel about the word loyalty in this in this aspect um, when it comes to someone that runs a label and then an artist that's on a label and they both happen to be artists um, so I don't feel that Joe Button has been disloyal in any way shape form or fashion he a lot of times when watching Everyday Struggle, I would get frustrated to a degree because, um, you know what I'm saying, you just looking at Eminem's latest, you know, releases and things like that, like, we pretty much knew that M was going through a lot, you know what I mean, with the last album that came out before he took the big hiatus. You know what I'm saying? And, and Joe having such respect for M, I think he has handled every Eminem question pretty much the same way. And he has, you know, kind of stayed away from criticism. You know what I mean? So I don't feel like there's any way of him being disloyal in, in that regard because at the end of the day, he didn't really, if, if you saw that episode and if you heard any of the podcasts he's kept as they were saying on the show and the new saying is he's kept that same energy for Eminem regardless you know what I'm saying no matter what he wouldn't really he wouldn't really jump out the window especially when everybody's seen the track list and it had a bunch of pop stars on it let's keep it funky and that's what we do on the show when I saw the um when I saw the track list I was looking at it like yo what the fuck is this that's that's almost everybody's first off Eminem back in the day didn't need to release a track list to kind of let you know what was coming on the album he just dropped the album the album came it was what it was so this is M trying to keep up with the times you know what I'm saying or the label because I don't want to put it all on M but that's the this the way I'm wording this is exactly how Joe Budden worded it when he was talking about what he felt about that particular record you know what I'm saying, before I jump, dive into Eminem and all of that stuff, um, he worded it just like that. He said, if this is what he is seeing and this is what is coming from the label, somebody over there or whoever is handling Eminem's career at this particular point is doing him a disservice and is promoting something that hip-hop is probably not going to get behind, point-blank, period. So when you hear the snippet, because that's why I don't like snippets, that's why I don't like these little preview things. I never really mess with them, even when it was on iTunes. You know what I'm saying? I want to hear the whole joint. Kendrick Lamar is a perfect, perfect example of a person that you can't go off of his singles versus what he has, that single or that record that had to be released by the label what it does within the album is going to make more sense to you. It happened with swimming pools and it happened with I Love Myself. A lot of people felt mixed ways about those records 
you know what I'm saying, until you hear them in the context of the entire body of work. So, you know, looking at Eminem typically releases bodies of work that coincide, you know what I'm saying, somewhat. You know, he, he typically has his his tongue in cheek single, you know what I'm saying? And then he but there was nothing tongue in cheek about this album. It's supposed to be his thoughts. If you look at the album cover with his hand with his head down and his hand on his head and the American flag, he, he's like he has an issue with it. But we're not used to Eminem being all political, you know what I'm saying? And all of that and and the entire album wasn't political. You have records like Chloroseptic, but that's not even to get into it. You know what I'm saying? The, it it wasn't an enjoyable album to most people. You know what I'm saying? My man, um, Amir, over at Rapping and Snacking, you know what I'm saying? He, he did a review on a joint on YouTube. And, you know, he bought the record. He bought it to support it. But at the same time, you know, he... This is not one of his favorite Eminem albums. It's not a lot of people's favorite Eminem albums. So you really had to be a diehard fan to go out there and purchase it and support it. Um, I did peep the video that you sent me the link for, you know what I'm saying? And and it made sense. It it made it it made the song it put the song in a better light and gave me a better understanding. Not that I needed a better understanding of it, but you know how sometimes the video make the song a little better. It ain't like I'm running around trying to play it because it's just not the feel of music that I'm going to ride around listening to. You know what I'm saying? But to somebody that maybe is just on a Facebook all day and looks at memes and looks at videos and goes and judges a community or a race or people just by what they see online, this is a perfect example and a perfect thing for them to see because it keeps you in that world of social media information. You getting your news completely from social media because there's a lot of people in this day and age that get it from there. Now, when Joe gets the snippet on Everyday Struggle, he tells you his honest thoughts and feelings, and he says, I haven't heard the full song. I haven't heard the album. He don't like listening to brand new music. He to this day on his recent podcast, he still has not listened to the Eminem album at all because it's just not something that is for him. Now, with the voice comments on the Rap Radar podcast, he did say that as artists, you kind of want to walk on eggshells around other people's art or you try to find something positive in it instead of just shooting it down. I'll be honest with you. I understand that mentality, but if a song is not good, then the song is not good. I'm not going to sit up here just because I'm your peoples and tell you something is hot when it's not. I'm not going to sugarcoat the shit. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, Typically, when my brother, who's an MC, Artiste, when he releases records, you know what I'm saying? If I'm feeling it, I'll tell him I'm feeling it. If I'm not feeling it, I'll be like, look, man, this this ain't this ain't the one. Now, he is super calculated, and he'll take his time to, you know, make sure he gets it right, and he knows what type of stuff I like, but he's working on a project right now that is not, it's not supposed to be enjoyable 
by me. And and if you get what I'm saying, like it's it's something that he wants to get out as an artist. He wants to say these things. And I think that's what Eminem was going through. And it might not be the most enjoyable Eminem album. So Joe saying that he did not necessarily like the record. I What Roy said was he was trying, he felt like Joe was trying to sway people's opinion. And I don't think Joe did that at all. That's, that's the one thing that I think was the most incorrect is the fact that he said he thought that he was trying to sway people's opinion. And and that, that wasn't it. Joe is going to speak honestly about the artist. The person that you need to look at that sways people's opinion is academics. Cause that's pretty much what he does with his platform. A lot of people that listen to him go with what he says and, you know, find him, you know, find the information that he puts out to be, you know, trust, they trust in him. You know what I'm saying? When he's, when he's saying things like I feel in the future, the, the bigger we get with this, people are going to look at our opinion and hold it in high regard. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is, everybody's a human being at the end of the day. So Joe ain't never said nothing disloyal about shady about anything. He still hasn't even spoken on the reason why we're not getting the third slaughterhouse album. And this is supposed to be finally the one where they got just blaze to come in and executive produce. And it's supposed to be the best one period. He doesn't really speak on it because if it's not something that he feels that everybody is okay with talking about, he's not going to just put it out there. So I don't feel that he was disloyal. Um, I kind of feel like I don't even like necessarily the questioning that came from Elliot and them about, do you feel that he was disloyal? You know what I'm saying? Because they might feel that way. Maybe they wanted to get the scoop on it, obviously, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't look at it like that. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he answered it honestly, truthfully, I guess they would have rather had him, you know, walk on eggshells, but I ain't with that type of shit, man. Look, if the shit is whack. Look, I say some of my beats that I've made have been whack, and I tell the artists, like, look, man, I don't even know what you was thinking when you decided to pick that joint because that was some throwaway shit or it was trash or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're critical on your own shit, and you, there's nobody, I don't know any single person that heard Untouchable and was like, yo, this shit is that fire. If you if you did say that, you probably bullshitting. But, you know, it's your opinion. It is what it is. But my opinion is I don't think the nigga was disloyal. That video was dope though. The video was tough. It was it was it was I mean that whoever whoever's idea that was that was that was dope. I like that. Um, I like the video. You know what I'm saying? But well, uh, you know, that's that's me. That's that's how I feel. How you feel? You feel he was disloyal? Well, I'm gonna ask you a question. Is Joe Button a default member? Hell no. All right, and if we really think about it, like, Shady Records was popping, you know, early 2000s, and then up until up until when, you know, 50 Cent started to cool off. Mm-hmm. So, signing a Shady Records, and it's not a knock, it ain't, it don't have the same ring to it no. as it did when B12 was out, you know, when they first came out, when Obi Trice was on the label, um, when Eminem was on fire. So signing a Shady record that late in the game, I think that was like 2010, 2011, that's not the, it don't, it don't, it ain't going to be moving the same kind of units as 
a D12, like a number one album type situation, like platinum sells, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's not that it, it don't have that kind of ring. And if you think about loyalty, Joe's not a D12 member. Um, he's been out since what, 20, 2001, 2002? Mm-hmm. Before his album came out in like 2003. Mm-hmm. And then since then, I mean, we got hit with all the blue music, all the mixtape joints. Um, what was it, like, Padded Room, Escape Route, all mm-hmm. this music. And then um, Slaughterhouse was formed in, like, 2008. And that's still before they, because um, they was independent on the first album, so they went to Shady Records. I don't know if it was Royce's idea or the group's idea. Maybe they wanted to kind of get that bigger limelight. Mm-hmm. But if you think about all this time has passed, from the early 2000s all the way to 2012, Joe, he doesn't have to be loyal to anyone because he's he's Mm self-made. Like, he's one of the first artists who was on the internet, and a lot of people call him a one-hit wonder, but there's there's a reason why he he had everyday struggle. There's a reason why he has a podcast. There's a reason why his voice is important. Because he's been rapping the entire time, so just because he doesn't have albums and, and major record labels pushing him, he, he created his own brand, he created his own career, and he's probably, you can say he's a, a super underground artist because he was the one that was doing it on his own this entire time, so he didn't need anyone to back him, he doesn't owe anyone anything, like he, he owes himself all of it, you know what I'm saying? He put in that work, he believed in his product, and he believed in the internet, and then that's why he is where he's at today. So I think the question of loyalty is kind of, is kind of, is kind of, is dumb. Mm-hmm. I know he's on a record label, but he's also retired, and I don't think he cares about putting out any more music like he's been alluding to. And he doesn't owe Eminem anything because, like I said, he's not a D12 member. He, He's not from Detroit. Eminem didn't put him on. He didn't put him on on Shady Records that entire time. When he was putting out all the movies, he didn't hit up Joe. He may have, I don't know, but Joe never brought that up. So it's like if he knew Joe was nice, he could have, you know, tried to help him out during that period um, when he was trying to be independent. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I don't think he's being disloyal. He's been walking on eggshells with Eminem out of respect. But at the same time, I think if you keep getting all these side comments, he may may end up saying what he really wanted to say. And what you have said about Eminem's newer music, which isn't, you know, what, you know, I mean, there's, you know, there's good music in there. I've heard a little bit of the CD, but it's definitely not the albums that we love, like the Marshall Mathers LP and the Slim Shady, you know, LP, all that stuff. But that's been you know, his, that's been his last couple miles. albums, you know what I'm saying? Well, been... and then, like, yeah, in the, <clears> in the Eight Mile era, you know, that was, that was probably his, his, his peak. Yeah, because um, Relapse, Recovery, all of that stuff, he's been on the same path of trying to get back to a certain level and continuously putting out music. Now, I don't know what his deal entails that makes him continuously put this stuff out because sometimes it feels like he don't it's not music that he wants to put out he took a lot of chances you know what i'm saying i'll never forget i'm sorry 
I hate that song. The one with him and Lil Wayne on the Just Blaze beat. The um the with the with that old ass sample. Um Baby don't hurt me. That yo, man, get that shit. Come on, son. Like you know, and I never heard Joe trash him and that's something that you could absolutely trash him for. Singing on that shit and everything else, man. Look, man, I'm an Eminem fan. I bought music, so if he ever get mad, he ever hear this or whatever, whatever, man. Look, I'm a fan of the end of the day. Out of the soul, you know what I'm exactly, saying? man. Fuck out. out of here. Get that record out of here. I don't know who the engineer was you know when he was in there. You know keeping what? that we shit real. Hear, we want to hear, you know, shit like the bad evil, welcome to hell shit. That's that's the shit yeah. we want to hear. The eight mile shit. We want to hear bars. We want to hear just crazy beats. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what we want to hear. For and crazy now. ass rhymes. We here for that. Yeah, like, that's all we care about. Like in in this point, I think everybody. All his, I, I don't know if he knows who his fans are or, or what they really want, but we know what he can do on a mic, and we just want to see that display, 10 songs, all bars. Even I Walk On it. Water. And then, I wasn't, huh? I'm not listening to I Walk On Water a whole bunch of times because I don't want to hear Eminem. Yo, I forget what record it was, but he was saying if he would have came out, then Kanye would have, you know, killed him, and Lil Wayne would have killed him, and... It was, talking about the ASAP Mob song? Nah, man, it was some shit. <laughs> some, <laughs> it was, it was that's some, the only one. That's <laughs> the only walk on water we playing around here. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, like, like we don't gotta, we don't gotta stay on it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I'm gonna get hot. Fuck that, man. <laughs> you no, know, nah, it's like you know, it, it's just like my issue is, it, it just kind of feels like. And now I see tension. I know they cool, mm-hmm. but it just I feel tension between Royce and and, and Joe. And well, he he it, invited him to the podcast, and I yeah, I, but it it wasn't it, it was you know what I'm saying. And, and if he comes on it, then I I would love pause. <laughs> if, <laughs> if he goes on a show, if he goes on a show, then I I would say there's no tension. But it kind of feels like. You know, like, after this, it seemed like there's, I don't want to say bad blood, but obviously they still, I think they're super cool, but I think once this kind of blows over, I think they'll be back back to it again. But it kind of feels like, you know, there's a little bit of tension because of this. And obviously there's probably stuff going on behind the scenes, like you said, since the Father album not coming out, maybe Joe's mad at, at M or he's mad at the label or he just don't want to be rapping no more, I don't know. It would have been nice to hear that CD, but that's, that, you know, in the I f- past. I forgot who now, said it, but somebody said something about, just to, to your point on that, somebody said something about um, everybody is pretty much in different directions, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to putting the stuff out with Joe being quote-unquote retired or whatever. I think they have, I think they got a lot of it done. Because they, I think it was uh, coming down to the last of it. And I don't know if one of the members just, it's something within the members. Because it went from them saying that it was going to come out. It went from just Blaze kind of, you know, putting information about it. And then it just went completely to the point where it was like, we ain't got nothing. You know what I'm saying? And Joe was barely like even talking about it. So um, I forget who but um oh to answer your question i did look it up that first album was on e1 it was not on shady 
And after the success of, you know, where the internet was jumping off and everybody liked the album, this, that, and the third, you know, that's when M signed him. But the crazy thing, you got to thank Joe for it, for it anyway, because he's the one who had the record Slaughterhouse on the um on his mixtape Halfway House. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's, that's the first that's how the that's how the group was formed exactly. from that from that song. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And that was him putting that work in on some you know, on some, you know, independent shit, which he's been on for the longest time. He's been always been able to get his music off. You know what I mean? So if that's that's my recommendation for anybody that hasn't heard you know, if if you if you've been slipping on some Joe Budden music and you need something to go check out, uh, go check out Halfway House. The album. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, nah don't go nah, check it. Nah, nah, go check out Escape Route. I think that's my that's my one. Dog. Escape Route is fire. Yeah, that's my you shit. Gotta, that's a classic, dog. Like that's 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 the one. Like Halfway I'm, House I'm, is fire too, son. I, I fuck with Halfway House. It, 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 I fuck with it, but on my I'm gonna recommend, recommend Escape Route for everybody. Okay. Like that's that's the one. Please check it out. Conjo. I mean the whole C D, there's no skip. It's bars, it's stories, it's it's like mood music on steroids, you know what I'm saying? Clothes on a mannequin, it's still hard. I mean, well, we definitely don't have to review that shit. That's that's my shit. Yeah, we but, have to um, do a couple jokes. To, to the next, to the next topic, and, and more Royce news. <laughs> oh shit. Um, uh, no, like, yeah, and this is kind of segueing into a similar topic. So we know Prime Two dropped, and we was super excited. Um, you know, to hear the album. You know, I've been bumping it. You know, just about every other day since it come out. Okay. Now I don't want to talk about the album. I want to talk about the song off the album. Okay. All right. So you know, Joe Budden. Um, you know, he was recently, you know, a creator of a show with academics and Nadesta on Complex called Everyday Struggle, where um, you know. It, it had a whole season. We saw Joe, you know, break down everything, inside information on the industry, inside information on just about anything related to hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And there's a song on that album called uh, Everyday Every Struggle. Struggle. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. <laughs> uh, so I, you know, I was like, you know... I, let, let me hear this shit. Let me see what we talking about. Mm-hmm. See what's so shaking. The first, so, so the first, first line off the first bars is, I heard nightmares of Joe Budden arguing with Little Yachty. Mm-hmm. So, so like, I mean, if we, I know you, I don't know, if, I know you've seen an episode, like, Joe, mm-hmm. if you, if you remember the episode, Joe was giving Yachty game. I mean, obviously, it wasn't some of the best tone when he was yelling at him, but he was basically giving him game, and he was giving a lot of young artists game. Mm-hmm. But, yo, this song, this song kind of feel like a, a shot, not, not even like a, I, my first issue is why is Little Yachty's name on a prime album, to be honest. True. 
that was like crazy. I don't want to hear Little Yachty's name on a on a DJ premiere song. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Yeah, I feel and the same then, way. I you know what I'm saying? That. Like, I don't, I don't get that. And then also, some of the bars he was saying, he was kind of saying that you know Little Yachty's on fire right now. It's like I don't, I don't get it. Like. I don't, I don't understand that. And then a lot of the bars was like, you know, purists are too opinionated. He's about the youth movement. It's not about, um, it's not about them against us. So, what is he? What is he saying? I mean, is he co-signing Yachty? Is he co-signing this new, this new wave? What is he exactly saying? Because I, I know we was talking about this earlier. There's a lot of young artists. Mm-hmm. Is what is what is Roy saying? Because I, I get it. There's there's a divide right now. Um, there's a lot of older artists, and then there's a lot of young artists. The young artists, all of them, you can pretty much press play, and you wouldn't be able to tell who who's who. If you put 20 songs on a mixtape, you would think it's the same guy mm-hmm. uh, on every single song. And I know there's a youth movement, but not all of them got their own wave. There's a handful of them, obviously, that that may be around, but a lot of them probably won't be because the these record labels are just looking for they they want bangers, and then they're looking for the next one. So my issue is. And this is my thing, is the whole point of the, well, back, like, the whole point of Slaughterhouse being formed is because nobody was spitting anymore. If you think about it, rap was getting watered down to a point where everybody was like, where's the bars at? Where's the bars at? Everybody was like, there's no bars to spit, and everyone was talking about, this is when XXL had... You know, we would hear the freestyles and at a newer artist, and they was trash. And a lot, so I think that was a major point of Slaughterhouse is like, damn, there's finally this is and Slaughterhouse plays a pivotal role, and a lot of people don't realize of hip hop being re-energized where people wanted to hear lyricism. You can go back and do do the homework, but Slaughterhouse is one of the biggest pillars in hip hop. Of, of a rap group being formed because people wanted to hear lyrics. You got you got Crooked Eye, one of the best spitters on the West Coast and in hip hop. You got Ortiz, like he seems like he's actually getting better. I, I heard a lot of his, his recent stuff mm-hmm. and he's he's on fire right now. Joe, of course we know what Joe doing. Royce definitely, you know, with the bar exams and everything he's doing. So I think the whole point of Slaughterhouse was to step up the game. So when I hear lyrics, when I hear lyrics kind of saying, like, we need to, you know, he's about the movement, mm-hmm. it's, it's not even about being about the movement got to tell the movement these young guys that they do need to focus on on writing better and becoming better artists if they want to have a career because like if we're talking about Joe and Royce and all the people in Slaughterhouse they have careers like you we're going to want to hear music from them years from now 
like we did years ago. So, so Joe's whole point in the little Yachty interview wasn't it wasn't to be negative to him. It was to help him out to formulate a career and like what are you presenting to hip hop mm -hmm. and what do you want from hip hop? So Joe was being so he wasn't he was yelling at him, but he was trying to tell him he was trying to give him game. So that was, that that was my take. record um he got his thoughts off that's what you're supposed to do with music so i'm not really mad at him for getting expressing what he wanted to say on the record you know what i'm saying like that's what you're supposed to do as an mc royce has every bit every right to do that but let me just say this and these are my feelings on this i'm gonna need niggas to really stop with the the whole thing about Joe and Yachty and this, that, and the third. You can clearly, clearly understand. Go back and watch it. Joe on his podcast replayed the things that he said about him, just like that particular situation. He knows what he said. He stands by what he said. Like he said that joint, Ted dancing, nigga, that's my bar, and I stand behind it. Like, that's what he does. Point blank, period. He was trying to give Yachty some game. So when that whole Migo situation at the BET because of what he said to Yachty or even Yachty's manager, whoever that nigga was that stepped to him. Fake industry bullshit. For whatever reason... These elder statesmen keep trying to big up these kids, if you want to call them kids, because that was, that's what we're doing. These are men, period. They might not be on some man shit because they haven't, you know, I don't know, lived life to that degree. But the mentality of these guys that are coming into this game... I don't look at them as 13 years old or anything like that. I can understand if you were Bow Wow's age and then I would be looking at you as a kid. But these dudes are 18, 19, 20, 21. And if they're younger than that, then maybe you shouldn't be rapping. Maybe you haven't lived enough life to get out here and rap. And if you I don't want to hear about your 17 or 16 year years that you've been on this earth when you ain't really been through anything and being at the top of this game where it takes skill. It takes, you know, knowing your history and everything else. So if this dude, this same guy that comes in here with this red hair, which looks different, you could do what you want to do this, that, and the third. When I see your album cover and it says teenage emotions and, you know, all of these, and, and it looks like you're trying to pander to, you know, this whole everybody or inclusive thing that the world is going through right now where everything is just completely included. And that's fine. However you want to, your views on that, that's cool. This, that, and the third. But you 
don't know a lot about the business. Joe was on that show for the artist. His delivery, his delivery, excuse me, could have been better. Could have been better. But that wouldn't be Joe Budden. So that's what he's the creator of the show. That's what he said. He said it how he said it. And even with that, it didn't look like Yachty and him had an issue. If you watch the full show instead of the clips that people take and they put on the Internet so that you can click on it and say, oh, this dude is wild. And if you watch the full show, he was giving the young boy advice. And there was a point where he asked him about the 360 and Yachty looked confused. That's a problem. He did the same thing with Joyner Lucas when Joyner Lucas was talking about how he was playing some music for Logic's manager. And then sooner or later, Logic comes out with some music that sounds just like his. And he said, why the fuck is Joyner Lucas playing any music for Logic's manager? Joyner Lucas did not have an answer for that. So he grabbed him by the shoulder on some G shit which is what a lot of you niggas that I look up to and I respect do not grab these young niggas on some G shit. I'm 34 years old. I shouldn't have to tell you older niggas what G shit is because I'm pretty sure if somebody feels some sort of way about the things that I'm saying and if you see me, you probably going to grab me on the shoulder on some G shit and try to check me on something that I might have said. So this is what needs to be happening to these guys that are coming out. They need to understand the business. They need to understand that you don't go to a radio station, a hip hop radio station and talk about Tupac's music is boring. If it's up to me, that little nigga will never be on this type of show or platform. If you have those thoughts, because there are certain things I don't care about what it is that you, because this is basically what he's saying that he's saying about Eminem, what he was saying to Joe, you have to be respectful. Joe, in my opinion, was not disrespectful to Eminem. He called out the people that were handling him. Eminem got thoughts. He puts the thoughts in the booth. They make a song. This is the song. Then you have to turn that into the label, the album, and they still have to sell an album. So when he has to do that, there are people that are responsible that are going to market it. There's other songs on that album that could have been a single, not untouchable. It could have been an album cut, but somebody felt that that way, that song The music behind it and everything else should have been released. So to Joe Budden, as a black man, it sounded off, even though he said he knows Eminem and knows that he's not like that. But the other people that have to sell a record at Shady Records are not all black. They probably don't understand the plight. They don't understand the struggle. They don't understand any of these things and might, but they don't. So somebody who was handling it was responsible for those particular things. Somebody who was handling Yachty should have let him know the inner workings of a deal. But nine times out of 10, when you sign a deal to a label or whatever it is, they're not going to sit there and walk through the contract with you. They say it on everyday struggle every day. Now, it's not my business. It's not my job to teach you business. 
So Joe is trying to school people of that. And thank God that he was on Everyday Struggle to do that. Yachty probably learned a lot that day. So I'm sick of niggas sitting up here talking about, yo, Joe was, that's the only thing niggas could come with. It's like Joe was getting at Yachty. He was yelling at him. He looked crazy to stand a third. They laughed at the end of the show. They laughed throughout the show. Yachty didn't seem like he was uncomfortable. He didn't seem like he wasn't having a good time. He was going back and forth. It wasn't no beef or anything like that. But I'm I'm sick of Joe being like the scapegoat. Like other niggas ain't been out here yelling, saying that they can't stand where hip hop is going because of what is being allowed into this type of shit. There's a lot of people that's in hip hop right now or making money off of this culture in that are, that that is rapping right now and denouncing that they ain't really fucking with the culture like that. And a lot of people are not calling them out on this type of shit. So guess what? On this particular platform, where we rep for hip hop, this is our culture and we got to sit up here and, and be down for it. We going to call that type of shit out. We we yeah we ain't gonna talk about them, but I'm just saying like I'm tired of that particular conversation. So in my opinion, that particular bar and that that being the opening bar for a song called Everyday Struggle, nah, that's not my favorite Royce bar. So there, we gonna put that out there because th- there could have been other things. Like that's not why you having nightmares about that shit. Come on, man, yeah, that shit is light. It, I ain't have no nightmares about that shit. That nigga schooled him. That's not not a prime... It's not a prime song. Hell no, it ain't. Not not compared to what I just got from Prime last time. Not when I was standing in the region with all the other hip-hop heads loving that shit. That's not a prime bar. And it's It's not... It's a mixtape song, to be honest. Deadass. Like, if this is on on a a mixtape before the book of Ryan, I'm not mad at it. Yeah, but but not not on the album. Got a, a legendary, one of the best producers of all time. Got a, it's almost like it's like you got it's like say if you had I don't know how many songs on her fifteen. Say you had fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. Say 15. you had yeah. Say you have like seventeen dates and you got your dream girl. Mm-hmm. You ain't gonna waste it going to McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Hell no. You ain't gonna go to McDonald's. You gonna say you know what? We'll do that. You know, after this, but you don't waste the primo beat on on little Yachty's name on everyday struggle. Mm-hmm. This is this is a disservice. Like, get that beat up to somebody else. Give it to J Cole. You know what I'm saying? Give it to some. Give it to somebody that that want to rap on a primo beat. And he walked so away I, from I just, the show. You know what I'm saying? This is this shit. That's yeah, old. Yeah, it's like it's like this. Not the time to to send shots at Joe. Like we we get it. But I don't, I don't respect it. He like, was I like they Roy. first guest. That shit was wild old. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, now to be honest, we in 2018. That was that was early 2017. Hell yeah, like come on. And I man. know they've been recording for a while, but I know they did a lot of songs. I want to say there's probably a song out there on a bonus CD somewhere that could have took this spot. So that's my take on. We ain't talking about the album. No, we, no, are we ain't gonna talk about, about the album. We yet. are talking about the song, and then there was one last tidbit. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cream had an interview recently, and okay. he actually said, "This is wild." 
that little Uzi was originally supposed to be on his song to do a hook and a verse. And what? this is on this everyday struggle song. What? On top of that, if we think about it, if we rewind back to 2016, Uzi, he refused to rap on Master Pill. I remember and that. Uzi from, and Uzi from Philly. I remember that. I remember that. You know what I'm saying? So. There's, there's a thing that was, I don't know if you knew about so this. This. Is, this, is, this is wild. You know what I'm saying? Well, like. Swiss is supposed to. So this sound like maybe Cream was maybe Cream was with this song, or I don't know. Maybe they were trying to make this into. Maybe they, this wasn't. This sound like this was an attack on them. It's kind of like now you got Uzi on it, and I, I'm surprised they didn't put Yachty on it. I mean, yo, I listen. I bought the album. I'm sitting here looking at the cover because when I usually buy my albums, I put them on the. Um, the TV stand of, you know, the most recent records that I picked up. Um, I don't, man, I, <laughs> I don't know what the hell I would have did if I would have seen him. I mean, I still would have bought it because it's Primo and it's Royce, but, like, that's, nah, I ain't trying to hear that shit. Like, and the thing is, look, uh, Swiss, at one time, I forget whose podcast I was listening to, but, um, it might have been Rap Radar, and Swiss was saying that, or you know what, it might, no, 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 it was Nori, definitely, it was Nori and the Drink Champs, the Swiss episode, and he said he's putting together some type of album where he's going to get all the young boys, and he's going to get them to rap, like for real, for real, um, because he knows it's something in there, and this, that, and the third. Oh. Swiss. Swiss said he was Why? Gonna, uh, Why? <laughs> I don't know. We don't we don't we don't need that, Swiss. We need you to <laughs> we need you to work with, you know, Action Bronson or you know what I'm saying? Like go you know, he he New York, you know what I'm saying? Get get Joey Badass some, some rawness. We don't need you to waste time. We we they have their own lane, they they lane is because if he didn't want to spit on a primo in twenty sixteen I'm damn sure not letting you do it in 2018. I don't care if you are from Philly, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you was from Philly, you should have been barring it up, you know what I'm saying? You know, I know you don't have a Philly sound, but if you if, if he really from Philly, then I'm, I'm pretty sure he can rap. Out of all the dudes, I'm sure he can spit a 16. And I think there's... And then if you call yourself a rapper, mm-hmm. you can rap. If you really he rap. This he is, don't... This, Call himself a rapper though. Well, I'm just saying he's right. He's a rapper. <laughs> I don't care what he says. If you call yourself a rapper, your your only job is to be able to flow on any beat somebody gives you. I don't care if it was the rain drops outside. <laughs> you got to be able to ride that the rain drops. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to be able. That's your only job is just to learn how to rap. It don't matter if that's not what's popping. You should be able to get on any kind of beat. That's just basic NC one one oh one. You can rap on anything. It don't matter if you don't got the bars obviously to, to be on that type of beat, but you should be able to hold that beat. It's just that simple. This is this is what you do. It's just like if you go to a, if you're a basketball player, you go to the gym, you should be able to just shoot anywhere on a court. It don't matter if it go in or not, as long as it hits the rim, you're good, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I, I was just kind of like surprised at at that news that 
movie was supposed to be on it, and it sounded like it sounded like a gimmick song. It wasn't gonna be a gimmick song because it, you know, and I, I don't think Royce watches the show obviously because Joe dropped a lot of games on that first season. That first season, and this is that's the season people should go back and watch. You know, you will get a lot of information. And, you know, you get a lot of arguments, you get a lot of wild shit, but in between all that, <laughs> there was some good knowledge drop between all the shenanigans, too. So, it was very... So, the you show, got anything left on this one, or you want to get to the next topic? I mean, the show was very enjoyable. Um, it was definitely something that, you know, will have its place in uh, hip-hop history, I believe, because it was big. It, it drew a lot of attention, and um, I'm just happy. I'm happy that Joe got a chance to do something like that because, you know, you and I have been listening to him for a long time now. Um, he's he's an incredible MC. He's definitely, you know, up there in my list, you know what I'm saying, because knowing his whole body of work, the freestyles, like literally from the first time I heard him come out to where he is now, um you know, and then, you know, doing the independent thing and then being able to form this incredible group that we have, that Slaughterhouse, and they were able to produce produce uh, two albums, you know what I'm saying? And then from the last album that Joe did, you know what I'm saying, which is The Rage in the Machine, which was an incredible album. And, um, you know what I'm saying, working with the people that he was able to work with, I think, you know, when he when he took it to this point, it was not too... He it wasn't the type of show that was like, yo, we just going to be on here, you know, trashing all of the new rappers and stuff like that. He he was open to hearing different things. He he didn't like dismiss things just completely. It was just some, you know, when it got to regular like just regular shit that like somebody maybe crowd surfing and 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 getting dropped or something like that. It was certain shit like that that he just didn't want to talk about. His main thing was music. And they didn't really talk too much real hip hop, you know what I'm saying, all the time on there, like, or what we would call real hip hop, like, as far as, you know, legends when they would drop albums or something like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, and every, and every now and again, they had a couple of legend, legendary guests on there and stuff. But, you know, Joe was there on the part of the artist, and he didn't really trash anybody to that degree, unless you just was trash, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, he's still a human being in his opinions, but you know, the, I, I just think making a song and, and putting that in the song. And I don't think the everyday, if it wasn't the everyday struggle show, then I don't think that's a record that would be on the next prime album personally. You know what I'm saying? Because especially with those opening lines, it could be a play on it, but that's just me. That's just what I'm thinking. Um, you know what I'm saying? But we, yeah, we'll talk about the Prime album later. After It just came out last Friday. You know what I'm saying? We definitely got to live with it a little bit more to give you an actual review on it. But, yeah, we can run to the next topic. Ain't, ain't nothing really more to talk about here with that shit. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so, I'm going to talk about this. A couple of weeks ago, this is a little dated news, but, um, you know, most, most deaths, uh, I still call him most deaf. Sorry, most. <laughs> That's a dope ass name. I'll take it. You know what? Call me. Yeah, I'm gonna call me most deaf from now on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I see you. You know what I'm saying? I love that. That's one of my favorite hip hop names. You know what I'm saying? That's like super hip hop. Yeah. So I'm gonna be 
I'll be most definitely. A couple weeks ago, um, he he recorded his first official verse. Mm. Um, he laid it down for the Black Star Reunion album. Okay. A couple weeks later, Talib Kweli, you know, he did an interview and he pretty much said that 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 was that news was a surprise to him that um, that verse was recorded because he said that he thinks he said pretty much it looks like it might happen as far as the album and then that they've been discussing it for a few years so essentially he's saying that he wasn't really up on an official black star album being recorded they talked about it but they didn't really like you know how you sit down and say we about to drop an album let's start recording it so he was actually surprised to hear that a black star album was coming out and then that's how live i mean at most death recorded a verse for it so this is no diss to quality you know quality is my dog but dog the fans be excited you know we want to hear a black star reunion if you're listening get off your ass <laughs> get to the that damn studio I you mean, know what i'm saying yo look you know what i'm saying i'm it's with like, you son i'm with you like that you know like that lady that said you know that told lebron like shut up and dribble nigga shut up and rap <laughs> nigga you know what i'm saying like nah i'm being for real because this is an important album and no and I, i'm just playing with with, with this information well not with the information but what i'm saying but Nah, I nigga, know Tyler's been rapping the entire time, you know what I'm saying? He's been, he hasn't stopped rapping since he first heard Black Star. He's been, un, you know, he, I guess you can call it underground, um, but he has been consistent. So maybe his line of thinking is that he's still in his own mode and mm. he needs to kind of prepare for this new wave or this new thing they kind of do. So I, I get it, because now like Talib was not, you know, he was just, you know, not doing nothing. He's been rapping. He's been touring. He even dropped. I was. I ain't gonna lie. I slept on that South P collab he did the seven. I was bumping it the other day. I was really impressed. I slept on it. I, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like that's my bad. I'm definitely gonna be listening to that shit. Was hard. Like that shit is hard. You gotta definitely check that out. But mm-hmm. uh, I hopefully, you know, I haven't heard any new news lately. So there could be some new news, but. Um, I'm excited. I ho- hopefully they are, you know, actually recording it now, and hopefully we get somebody. You know, hopefully the end of the year, maybe like October, or so maybe they can record it over the summer, and and get some popping. But um, yeah, that was that's what I had to say about that. You know, it's just you know, Talib wasn't. You know, that was like his first time him hearing. It's kind of like when you when you get traded and you hear about it on Twitter <laughs> from, about, from the team, it's like he just heard about it from, you know, from interviews or whatever, so. This, well, this is my take on it. Um, I second that notion, you know what I'm saying? Like, Talib, you my nigga, but getting the booth and rap, that's what we want to hear. Um, nah, but he, he has, you know, all jokes aside, Talib has been super consistent, but, um, I don't know. I feel now that you've told me about that, I feel, I don't know. I feel like off about 
him announcing it. Like, I mean, he's being truthful. Yeah, that's something you didn't have to. Sorry yeah. to cut you off. No, but you're good. This is what you're saying. It's something you didn't have to say. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like if you're gonna tell, if you're gonna like tell your girl something, it's something you could probably like leave out. That that's gonna not, you know, that make her matter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's man. In some shit, you you can be truthful in, in some in some circumstances, but in other time you can be like, yeah, you know what, you can just take the PC route. Yeah, I mean, you know, we 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 gonna see what's gonna happen. We gonna you know we gonna try to make some magic. You know, like like or like the the confirmation. You know what I'm saying? Be like, look, man, I you know that was my first time hearing about it, but you know, like you know how I do. I stay ready with the rhymes, you know what I'm saying? And it's always good to see my brother Yasin back on his dean, you know what I'm saying? Especially when it comes to the rhymes. So if if my brother's ready to create and we got Mad Lib going, like, say no more, you know what I'm saying? Like, the Black Star joint is coming. I'm hyped. Let's get it. That's a response, you know what I'm saying? But I can't tell him how to respond, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of look at it like, I don't know. I'm hoping I'm I'm hoping for the best. You know what I'm saying? So I, I hope that he's not, you know, taking that as you well, I this is my first time hearing about it, so I gotta check the schedule type thing, you know what I'm saying, to see if I'm available or some shit like that. Like I'm just hoping that that's not the case. Um, so you know, with this, uh, uh you know what I'm saying? Cause it's like certain certain announcements and certain things just you know, you don't really necessarily need to say like you could have said that off air or what have you. So I hope it's not a situation where you was caught off guard and you're upset about it, because if it is, then that's something that them brothers got to sit up here and work out. But um, I was watching. I, I finally got a chance to sit down and and watch that. It's about an hour long interview that uh, Yasin did with uh, Ebro. And I want to say it was. Uh, right at the end of last year or some or sometime last year uh, where he had just gotten back, you know, after all of the stuff that was going on in uh, South Africa. And he he didn't explain too much about it because he wants the time to be able to do that in a different sort of platform. But um, this was when he got back to the States and, you know, he gave this actually, you know, when it was it was around the Conor McGregor fight with uh, Floyd Mayweather. So it was around that time. Um, but I had it in my I had it in my history for YouTube for a minute, you know what I'm saying? And I saw, and I came across it by putting, I was looking for something that uh, he had did and I came across it and he has recorded music, you know what I'm saying? That he was getting together. He didn't say anything about an actual album, but Ebro was actually asking him if he was, you know, if he had been in the booth, if he was, he was there with set free, uh, from the annual mixtapes, if you remember him from back in the day, you know, what I'm saying he was a curator of all of that stuff. But um, yeah, I think uh, he's been around rolling with Set Free. He's he's definitely you know we've seen the picture that popped up with him, Yay, and Dave Chappelle at the table. Um, you know, what I'm saying when it was overseas, like I feel like there's something that Yasin is gonna come with, and I really just pray that with this being the 20th year anniversary coming up for that Black Star incredible classic album, I think I would love for these two brothers to, you know, get on the same page. It's obvious that Mad Lib is down with it due to the announcement at that particular show that he was doing and Yasin happened to be there. So I just think when, when you get that kind of good energy, it's it's impossible to not come with something 
incredible. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think them brothers will just make magic, and that's what I'm waiting for, man. The hip-hop needs this shit. I need this shit, the culture. Like, they are representatives and real-life documentarians, you know what I'm saying? So we got to hear that on the joint. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm looking for, you know what I mean? I, and I, I know we're going to be blown away, so I can't wait for it, you know what I'm saying? Man, I feel you, man. Yeah, man. Um, so, and this is, um, so you watch Jeopardy. I mean, you've seen Jeopardy, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen, you know, used to, used to pick all a right. couple episodes and all of that. So, I'm going to hit you with a question in the category of hip-hop. Oh, shit. I'm about to look crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you ready? Yeah, yeah, let's get it. Alright, so hit making is in his DNA. He had loyalty, he was humble, and his love. Um, who is Kendrick Lamar? That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Not a, the, nah, the reason I brought that up because, dog, K-Dot had a question on Jeopardy, dog. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. There's a um, isn't that is that is that too because the nigga didn't answer right. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he, he <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like is it too soon or or is he really making his rounds? I mean, um, you is, know, is this interscope or I mean, is, are they that is are they that deep? I mean, I got that reach. So there was I forgot where I seen that shit. It was like a history of. Jeopardy and hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Because they always have a question here or there. But nah, man. I mean, you know, look, he out there. How did the dude? Well, I I can't say how did the dude not answer that question right? Because I guess he, you know, just wasn't like a super hip hop fan like that or whatever. But um, I don't. I mean, look, man, they out here. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not mad at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you pulled that straight from Jeopardy, too? Huh? You pulled that question straight from Jeopardy? Like, that was on a recent... That was a, that was a question that was asked on Jeopardy, dog. Damn, yo. Did anybody else get it right? No, you know, they only, asked, they only get one try. Oh, so was, it, was he, like, the last dude? You know how Jeopardy is? You say, like, hip-hop for 500, and then he says... And he, you know, he asked a question, and then you buzz in. Yeah, but oh wait, they so all get a chance. Oh, you know what? I didn't even repeat that. I didn't even. Okay, that. okay. I wasn't yeah. watching. Yeah, I wasn't watching Jeopardy. Like, you know, I don't even do that. Sh- I didn't even know that shit still came on. <laughs> Alex Trebek, and he's still he's still alive. I I believe. <laughs> you know. What I'm saying? Yo, a hip hop Jeopardy would be kind of ill though. That would that now that would be an ill show to have. Because at this point, there's so much music that's been out. You could totally do a hip-hop Jeopardy, and and I would love to see something like that. We used to holler at Charlemagne, the God, you know, have him, you know, set up a show and shit. we get some paper. That shit would definitely be ill. I kind of feel like, um, let me see. I think I just found something right here. Uh, oh, shit. They got 35 hip-hop-inspired Jeopardy questions. <laughs> no, that's crazy. 
So what the fuck is this? Uh, basically, so I guess this has been happening for a while. Um, but yeah, nah, that would be that would be some ill shit to have something like that. But s- speaking of that, did you you know what I'm saying if you ain't see it, we ain't got to talk about it, or whatever. But um, Young Ma did a thing with Redman where he did like a little trivia. You know what I'm saying? He was asking. I heard about, I heard about it, but I, I didn't I didn't watch it. Oh, okay, it was kind of dope. You know what I'm saying? The little thing he he gave her like it was like multiple choice, um, a couple of the joints. She says she she took a guess on. She kept it real. You know what I'm saying? But she got mostly all of them right and shit. I think one of them was like, um, I think one of them was the name of Tribe's first album, and technically, I think that came out in '89. You know, people's instinctive. I think that might have been uh, one of the ones that she got. Oh no, she definitely got the one wrong of DMX. It was a uh, what artist sold had two number one records in one year, and I think she chose. I think she chose Luke or some shit like that. I don't even remember. I think that might have been another question, but it was it was dope. Like he was asking a couple questions, you know what I'm saying, and it was like just to kind of test her 90 skill, and I think that's ill, but it kind of depends on who the person is playing, you know what I'm saying, and who is actually, you know what I mean, like I I think it really does depend on their knowledge, you know what I'm saying, cuz you don't want to have any of these new dudes on here who don't really care too much about hip hop like that. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, or the classic shit, you know what I'm saying? So you, you kind of want, um, you know what I'm saying? Somebody that you know is going to be a little knowledgeable and, um, you know, for young and made to be her, I think she was born in like, uh, 90, she was born in like 92, 92 or 94 or some shit like that. Yeah, I'm trying to see if uh if they had some um some of the questions here and it looked like they just got the answers. So I don't I don't know where the hell <laughs> where the hell you would be able to uh not a successful rap musician. Oh, okay. They're like it's like questions, it's like Lil Scrappy, Notorious B.I.G., and MC Medium. And the the category is not a successful rap musician. So the answer is MC Medium. Who the fuck would name themselves MC Medium? That shit is crazy. <clears throat> yeah, but, um, yeah, nah, that would be dope if we had, like, something like that. That hip-hop, have you ever watched the Hip-Hop Squares joint? A lot of people kind of said that. I thought it. I thought it looked. It, it sounds like a good idea, but I mean, it needs to be like a hip hop double dare. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas doing the physical challenge and shit. <laughs> that shit was so dope, man. I no, missed that. They need to redo all the Nickelodeon shows with like hip hop dudes. That should be hilarious. Bro. Like wild and crazy kids and shit. <laughs> Yo, that shit would be mad fucking funny, son. Like, hell yeah. We gotta, we gotta holler at Charlemagne. This nigga out here doing shows yeah, every man. other day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hell yeah, we gotta holler at that nigga. Yeah, man. Um, you got any topics that you wanted to talk about? Man, I mean, you know, my my whole thing is, to be honest, doing doing this show and covering, like, 
new topics and stuff like that does get a little hard just because of the simple fact that, you know, um, it breeds a lot of frustration, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like that people aren't taking this culture as serious as they should. And, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to, I don't want this podcast to be like a place of frustration or anything like that. Like we, you know, we will have guests, you know what I'm saying? to have people on here that, that definitely want to, uh, if we, we want, I want this to be another outlet, you know what I'm saying? For other people to come through and like, you know, be able to express themselves, you know what I'm saying? Whether that be, you know, in an interview style, whether that be if they want to kick some bars and stuff like that. Cause I, I really want that to be one of the things, one of the standards, um, uh, you know what I'm saying? Cause I do appreciate like what Funk Flex is doing with the freestyles, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I know I spazzed last time cause he had the kid up there reading off the phone and I ain't really know the kid. I think it's Jay Critch or some shit like that. But, um, yeah, man, I just, I, I just like, there's certain people out here that's, that's super dope. You know what I'm saying? There's, uh, there's, there's shows that I want to go to. Where I want to see the person perform, you know what I'm saying? So I can't really say that that comes up too often or whatever. Like I'm really excited for this big crit and Saha the Prince show. That's going to be coming out here to LA. Um, I believe in April, you know what I'm saying? So I'm definitely hyped to go check that out. Um, run the jewels, you know what I'm saying? They're on tour right now. They just released some new shit, with um uh I think it was Rick and Morty, you know what I'm saying? And they were like whatever the video was that they did at Adult Swim, they were riding through listening to uh LP and Killer Mike, you know what I'm saying? So I would love to see a run the jewel show. I love them dudes, they they stay on tour. You know what I'm saying? That's their biggest thing. If they're not making music, they're definitely on tour and they living it up. So that what I love about Hip hop, and I guess that's what um, I had a little technical difficulty, but we back. Um, basically, what I love about hip hop is the fact that, um, you know, despite certain people not being in the news, despite certain people not, you know, getting that shine or that light or whatever that everybody else is getting out there, that there's still room excuse me, for everybody to just do your thing. You know what I'm saying? You, on the same day that the Prime album got released, you had Triple uh, X. He dropped his album, you know what I'm saying? And I haven't fully listened to it yet. I think I might have heard one or two songs on there or something like that. Um, I just love the fact that, you know, I love and hate the fact that it's it allows everybody into it because some people are not in it for the right reasons, you know what I'm saying? For the art form, for the five pillars, which is, you know, the rap, some type of B-boy dancing, you know what I'm saying? DJing, um, you know what I mean? The graffiti and then definitely the knowledge, you know what I'm saying? I want to be able to showcase those things and bring artists up here, you know what I'm saying? Especially when we start filming this, bring them up here and let you showcase your work and, and things like that. So I love where, um, and same thing with the dancers, you know what I'm saying? Like, do y'all, you know, I, I just love that type of environment. I love thinking back on this type of stuff. I love the books that I'm able to read. I love the fact that I'm still able to pick up albums and it's still like important in the shows and everything else. So um, I, I definitely want that to be 
the feel of the show. We're going to have some jokes. We're going to talk. We're going we're gonna to do our thing. But at the end of the day, it's all love. Like, I, I can't think of another thing that I've been fully engulfed in every single day. You know what I'm saying? Because even with the NBA, I love basketball, my favorite sport or whatever, but that shit's mad watered down. You know what I'm saying? Like, to be honest with you, the Bulls, our team, we ain't shit. We tanking, you know what I'm saying? And I, I can't believe, you know, we got the season that we got when we got the talent that we got, but that's another story. That's not neither here nor there. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I just want... I love the fact of what hip hop, the culture is, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I, I just see, I don't see it going nowhere. It's a lot of people making money off of it. And, um, I just want to keep doing everything to push this shit forward. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, cause real talk trying to stay on topic with all these fucking things that happen like all the time, left and right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's a lot. You know what I'm saying? But what what I do love is that we're able to go back and discover shit that we didn't really, you know, might not have had uh, the mental mindset to take in at that particular time. Like, I know we was talking off air, but, you know, this is a message to all of y'all out there. And this is my recommendation. And I'm sure this will be your recommendation too. KRS-One. I'm going to say that name again. KRS-One. Knowledge reigns supreme over nearly everybody. If you don't know who KRS-One is, you know what I'm saying? Like, Google that. Google that name right there. Just just the letters. K-R-S-O-N-E. Check him out. He's got... He, he's, still, he's still out here. He's still doing his thing. He's still a person that nobody wants to battle. Period. On the mic freestyling whatever you're talking about super duper intelligent dude i just pulled up a, a lecture that he gave uh he's he's an educator he's a very very smart individual and he's been in this game for a long time he has one of the most legendary battles of all time and he has music that can live on and on and on and on forever and ever and ever. And that's the type of shit he says on his records. We will be here forever and ever and ever and ever. He is just one of them. I can't even tell you how much he should be appreciated. And I can't, I can, we can go into it one day of how much he's underappreciated, but that's not going to be on this particular show. But I would definitely recommend just checking out something of his. And if you want to check out his earliest work, it's Boogie Down Productions, Criminal Minded. That's like the earliest thing that you can go ahead and check out. Some very classic records on there. Um, and just, you know, I, I want to put that type of stuff out there. And if you want to check out a movie, check out Rhyme and Reason. Um, I'm not sure if they have it on Netflix um, but I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Google Rhyme and Reason is something that every hip hop fan should own. If you got the DVD, if you can download it somewhere. So those are two things that I'm going to give for recommendations this week is going to be check out anything from KRS-One. Start with Boogie Down Productions, Criminal Minded Album. And if you get a chance to sit down and pull up a movie, watch the movie Rhyme and Reason. It's going to tell you why people chose the names that they chose, why they want to rhyme. There's another movie that I want to give away, but um, 
We'll talk about that on another episode, but we're going to, you know, every episode we're going to give a recommendation of a movie and definitely a recommendation of an album. So that's this week's joint. Boogie Down Productions, Criminal Minded, and Rhyme and Reason. Go check that out. It's it's something that you got to digest. It's it's incredible, you know what I'm saying? And, and you got legends on there, and, and you get to see them in a way that you never really got to see them before, you know what I'm saying? Because there's nothing out like that right now, nothing at all. Speaking of which, have you seen... Any of the unsolved joints with Tupac and Biggie on USA? Not yet. I, I've been meaning to to watch it. Um, is it done yet, or is it still? No, no. It's um, it's a it's a limited series. So I don't know how many episodes. When when they say limited, I want to assume like it's like six. You know what I'm saying? Because typically. You know, for something that makes it to like a Netflix or something like that, it's gonna be like eight, eight to ten episodes. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. But I think the new one comes on it's Tuesday, so the new one comes on tonight. So, four channel. Like, yeah, it's like four episodes in. You know what I'm saying? So, um, what channel is it on? USA. USA. Okay, I'm gonna see if if I can if it's saved like on my on my Apple TV like if I can stream it mm-hmm. so I would want to watch them all at once or if they got if they got a couple I would I'd probably check them out and see if, if I can watch it yeah that's it's so weird like you know um, shows coming on at certain times instead of just going to it it's kind of it's kind of like you, it's like almost being spoiled, you know? You, yeah, you yo, because I was talking to Jaquan. It's like you want to go look for it versus, oh, what time is it coming? Ain't nobody got time for it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, unless it's like, game, I, like, I watch Game of Thrones, like, I got it, you know? You Sundays, have to, because like, niggas going to spoil it. Like, I don't care what's going on. Yeah, you know man, like, you, you got to watch that one, because niggas is going to be making memes the next day and shit, you know what I'm saying? Or the same night. So I typically when it's a show that I know is that super popping like that or crazy popular, man, I just toss my phone to the side, turn that shit on silent, and I just like zone out and watch the show or whatever. But um, I remember Dad's put up a video when I think the second episode was on, and he was like, "This is the realest Tupac shit that has come out, point blank, period." And he said a couple people names. He was like, yeah, he was like, where they dig this information up from? He was like, yeah. So what's crazy about that whole shit, son, it's scary to me how many names are in this, how far they went with this. I listened to the Brilliant Idiots episode where Charlemagne and Andrew interviewed Bokeem Woodbine, and he was like, yo, this shit is is definitely going to be one of the realest things that you see about it and he said straight up and down by the end of this shit it's gonna turn the heat up on a lot of people that really knew some shit about what went down and he said if you follow it well enough and you you know do some digging yourself you'll be able to piece together what the fuck happened so that's the craziest man, man. hey man look it's so far this shit is raw dog. we need a tv show to tell us what happened this i mean or, you know, I think that's wild. What you I think happened? I, I don't, I'm not going to say what I think happened. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, you know, like, it's just, that's crazy for somebody. Not not knocking them, but it's just crazy. 
if something's been investigated this long and a TV show gonna tell you what happened, like, I mean, that's, yo. that's like Scooby Doo. That's like Scooby Doo at the end, nigga. <laughs> like, yeah, it was this nigga the whole time. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't wanna. Come on, dog. Like, like that happened Scooby 20, <laughs> 20 years ago, and you gonna tell me Scooby Doo gonna tell me who did it at the end? <laughs> Fuck Yo, out man. of here with this shit. Listen, not knocking the show, but I'm just knocking. If he's talking about people's jobs or to find somebody, and they're gonna tell me 20 years later a TV show gonna tell me who did it. I can tell you I'm this. Not, I'm not rolling. I can tell you this from what it looks like. It really do look like a lot of like, and I'm not like you know giving nothing away, but it just looked like niggas really didn't care because if you look at their age. And I know they was the biggest people, but if you look back at that time within, you know, within music, it ain't like any of them niggas, you know, saying God rest the dead, you know, saying like God bless the dead. Like, like, it's not like them niggas, any one of them ever won a Grammy, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just saying that from the the grand scheme of where people will recognize you from, you know what I'm saying? Like, because... Like if you think of our classic hood movies, well, what do you mean? What do you well, mean? well, like all right, so Tupac you mean was people cared about like snooping them. Uh, uh, I mean, not Are not you talking snoop. about like the public. Look at no, 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 no. I'm talking about like not the public because you gotta think like hip hop was huge, yes, but with Tupac, a lot of people. I feel like. From what is what I'm looking at and from what I'm seeing, a lot of people, especially after him shooting the cops and, you know, all of the shit that he went through and, and you know, going in and out of jail and shit like that. A lot of people, the way that they're they're putting it up in the show is looking like they was just two motherfuckers that that like people didn't understand how serious the East Coast, West Coast shit was. You know what I'm saying? And they. They didn't understand, you know, with, with it being so many players and other people involved, I don't think people really looked at how dangerous Suge Knight was. You know what I'm saying? I don't think a lot of people. Man, what? No, no, no. I'm talking about on a general scale, like police. Are you talking about like the average Joe or the average Joe? The average Joe, the average police officer that wasn't involved uh-huh. with any of the shit that the most, most of the LAPD that was just probably like, yo, like, man, fuck it. This is another motherfucker shot. It's not like, Oh, I, I ultimately get it. Like I said in South Central LA, when a black man dies, nobody cares. It's another nigga dead. I mean, that's, I, look. I'm saying, so I mean, if that's your stance, I, I, I understand. If you're just saying that this nigga got like no one no one really put put like they leave you know like how all these detective movies they're like super cops they do like the super investigation hell yeah I, if that's where you're gauging and then that, I mean it can make sense you know like they didn't really want not say someone but maybe they didn't I don't know I, I can't speak on it I, I would like to see the the show I think I think what you're saying is what the show is saying. So I definitely want to watch it now because of, of that. Yeah, because I mean, get that get that angle that we didn't know about. Obviously, when we was consuming it, we was kids. We had to wait for like MTV News. Yeah, we was kids. MTV News was awesome. Like if you remember Belly, 
did, which was fire, they had an MTV News segment in there. Hell yeah. MTV News, Kurt Loader, that was it. That was like, that was like <laughs> almost like Twitter for the world. Dog. Yeah, like, man, because like you ain't had no... everyone watched MTV all day, every day, when they had videos. So Kurt Loader popped on and said, here's some news. This was the news. This was then, like, you can go online and, and, and look it up. So Cause at like, that point... Yeah, cause like yeah, so I, so when we so when we watching what's going on with all this East Coast West Coast, we only know by magazines and what the news is projected to us. We don't know about certain things if you're not a certain circle. Yeah, cause it was it wasn't no social media like that at that time. So when when we we had to wait for some shit to hit like the source, we had to wait for some shit to hit vibe. We had to wait for you know. <laughs> shout out to Vibe Yo Shout out to Vibe though. <laughs> nah, nah We had this conversation I think The Red Vibe But the younger crowd Rocked the story Yeah yeah Vibe was, You know Vibe had their own Readers So I, I'm yeah. not knocking Vibe I'm just saying Like the young hip hop crowd They wasn't you know, plus it was a huge ass magazine. It took up like the whole like table. The like, whole coffee it, table. It was weird. Like, yeah, like <laughs> it, it, if you put put four vibes on a coffee table, you ain't seen that. You ain't got no coffee table. You just got some floating magazines. You know what I'm saying? See, like, my uncle was older and he collected all of that shit. So I remember, I remember that iconic picture where it's uh, I think Puff and Big had the. Uh, the jean outfits on they had the jean shirts and it's like big is in the front of the picture and puff is kind of leaning towards the back type of thing i remember that one i remember the one that tupac had the straight jacket on you know what i'm saying and then the classic one of death row when they're all in black and it's like four of them you know what i'm saying where it was like suge snoop dre and pop you know what I'm saying? With with the uh with the gold and the black. With the black with the gold rollies and the chains and shit like that. So I remember them joints. But um yeah, man, M- MTV News was our shit. You know what I'm saying? That, that's how we was gonna get it. Cause if you got it from a regular news channel, it was just gonna be like rapper notorious B.I.G. I was shot and killed on this particular you know what I'm saying? Like it was just on some regular shit, like you know, sources, we have no leads at this particular time, and on to the next thing. That's pretty much how it was, because niggas didn't really care, you know what I'm saying, unless it was, like, somebody that was super into hip-hop or whatever, but hell yeah, like, you know, we we didn't really get too much of the story, because we was young as shit when it happened, you know what I mean? So, you know, and they was, too, obviously being 25 or whatever, but yeah, the, the show was pretty good, um, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to think of what else... Uh, any other hip hop shit coming up? Um, got the prime too, so we're gonna be talking about that soon. And um, I think that's about it for right now. You know what I'm saying? We can go ahead and wrap it. Oh shit! Before we wrap this shit up, we got to do our picks for the final four for the Kanye shit. Oh yeah. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get that one together. Um. Alright, so once again for everybody that, you know, remember from the other two episodes, you know what I'm saying, it was the Kanye West Madness Bracketology, you know what I'm saying, for March Madness, and um, you know, it was broken up into four categories, which was Northwest, Donda, 
uh, Chicago and Saint. You know what I'm saying? So uh, for me, I had uh, that would be going up against each other. I had for Northwest, I had Through the Wire. And for Donda, I had Runaway. What was your two picks? Did I have last call? I had last call. Yeah, last call. call. I remember that. And then Donda. Pat all falls down. Okay. So we go. We go stick on that side. Uh, you want to go first, or you want me to go first? Um, I can go first. Um. So we got last. I call. know. Versus. Yeah, I was gonna last call versus all falls down. Okay. Um, I still, I still roll up with last call. Okay. Um, uh, just because of the story and the presentation of it. Um, you know, like I said, not not saying it's a better song, but it's just that that story, that beat, just everything. Um, it just it'll take it's, it's a time capsule for me. And I love listening to it. So I'm going to just go with Last Call as my... Is this going to, like, the... That'll be the, the final. final. Yeah, final. that'll be one of the okay. finals. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with Last Call. Um, Killing y'all niggas on that lyrical shit. <laughs> Man, these color bins I put the lyrical with. Yeah, that's my fucking song. Um... Through the Wire versus Runaway. Um, I think I'm going to stick with Through the Wire because it, it's it's something about those first. It's hard to outdo the first. Sometimes, a lot of times people get better. Kanye has definitely gotten better with time as being just an overall artist, but it was through the wire that got him to this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, because he, if you, if he doesn't make through the wire, he can't make runaway. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, um, the runaway is an amazing song. The way that it was set up, the, 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 the scheme behind it, the whole thing, it, it's just incredible, especially when you listen to, you know, the, the shout out to the Dissect podcast, you know what I'm saying? When he, Cole Kushner, he does the second season on uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and his uh, analyzation of Runaway is, yo, that's some really, really deep, incredible shit that he come he's come up with. Um, just researching Runaway and how it was put together is is my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is one of the most incredible put together hip hop records of all time. Like especially from a production standpoint, it's it's just you know you got to really get into it. You probably got to be 
a fan of production and, and making beats and everything else uh, to fully appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? But um, you and I will talk about that, you know, in, in the episode and stuff like that. But so far, I'm going through the wire. Uh, you know, the, the fact that the sample was not just a sample that was used to make a dope record, but the words that she says in the sample and finding that and choosing that because everybody's heard Shaka Khan's song, but for him to do what he did with it and at that particular point after having the accident, wow. Because if he doesn't have the accident, the near-death experience, that song doesn't happen. So I'm still sticking with Through the Wire. Um, So that's my final for this particular side, and we got two more and then the final pick. So, oh man, this is going to be hard for me. I'm going to go ahead and say mine so far. Uh, I got for Chicago, I have Murder to Excellence. And for Saint, I have Spaceship. So, Murder to Excellence versus Spaceship. And I know you had Murder to Excellence, but what was your last pick? Either family business or heard him say, but I think it was family. Um, I think it was. I think family business. I think family business was the one you chose. Family business versus murder excellence. Yeah. How you rolling? How you rolling? Lyrics, man, that's a tough one. It's kind of unfair because you got Kanye and Jay on that shit. I know that's the thing. Is like, it's like as we talking about Kanye, but it's just, but it's just, I mean, we going with what's on here because whoever did it, they're claiming that this is a Kanye album. It's true, and he's on every song. Mm-hmm. But then it's kind of like, well, there's a Jay Z song, but at the same time, some of these songs on a list got features on it too. That's true, because I got the so same thing with Spaceship. That's how I'm gonna look at it: is that Minimal Party is a Kanye song, mm-hmm. but it's got Kendrick Lamar on it and it's on a list. So if we if we're gonna just say like this could be a song on a Kanye album that happens to be on it, so that's how I'm gonna look at it. Okay. I'm gonna roll with the excellence. Murder the excellence. Yeah. All right. Murder the excellence versus black excellence, opulence, decadence. Texas next to the president. I'm present. That's what I'm gonna go with. Um, you know, we talked a lot about. Yeah, we talked about all the songs on on the previous episode, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with that. Okay. Um, Murder to excellence versus spaceship. Damn. 
<laughs> Look at my check. Oh man. Um, yeah, I still never got caught. <laughs> Talk about some khakis. Oh, they love Kanye. I put them all in front of the stove. Mm. Yes. Right, my it's right, my brown. This job can't help. I'm gonna have to go with spaceship. That's my hustle. <laughs> you know what? His I know a lot of stuff comes up about his lyrics, mm-hmm. but his first album had some impactful. Yes, they him. did. Yeah, that's why I'm going yeah, with if, it. If you, if you go with that song alone, yo, and that's why cause I know a lot of newer fans fuck with his new shit. Like you know the my beautiful. Twisted, but but I don't beat like this song, man. Like you said, that song you can you can rival that song on that whole on that album. It's trying to I know you was you was bringing up some of the verses from that CD, but damn, damn that's some real shit. Taking my hits, writing my hits, writing my rhymes, playing them mine. This fucking job can't help them. So I quit, y'all welcome Y'all can't match my struggle You can't match my hustle You can't catch my hustle You can't fathom my love Do like yourself in the room Doing five beats a day for, th- for three summers That's a different Wait, world pause, man, pause that. man Think about that man. Think about everything he just Everything he said Is the reason why he's where he's at now Because he believes in himself, and he he put in that work, he put in that time. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, and then he believes, and I think, and that, and then that's the why I'm I'm gonna go at last. This is my favorite Kanye song, Last Call. I'm gonna say that's my winner. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of that, if you think about that verse. And, and him, and I think ultimately his career, because if he didn't believe in his rapping abilities, that um, that that people would love, if he didn't believe in himself, if he let people tell him that he was a rapper, and everyone boxed him into one little zone, one little category, where would he be right now? He he would not be obviously. You know he, you know, be still producing, but his career is his rapping career is what. Well, obviously, didn't push him over the top, but it put him into that next stratosphere because now we have, now we have a guy that not only makes classic beats, but then he put in a classic like that's hard to do, and not only do the beats, but put the album behind it because obviously we got other artists. Or other rappers out there that do beats, you know, like you know DJ Quick. He's definitely one of the um, one that stands out a lot. That one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite um, producers, but also a rapper. And 
always kind of forget that DJ Quick is a legendary hip-hop producer when I think about a DJ Quick album. And that, so, I, you know, I don't know if he started doing beats first or if he was a rapper first, but I'm, just, I'm glad Kanye believes in himself and his rapping abilities when no one, when everybody basically laughed him out the room and he's laughing now at everybody that said he can't rap because his ideas formed all these, uh, I mean, how many rappers can honestly have a 64 bracket <laughs> where people will have arguments about what songs are better or what songs belong on there. Not too many. How many rappers can actually have that? You not, know what I'm not, saying? Not saying, no, not saying a shit. lot of rappers are wack, but this no, is a lot real, of material. That's real shit. This is, a, this is a lot of material, and this is the thing. This is the, this, you know, I want people to take from this. You can have 30 albums. Don't mean you'll have 64 songs that people care about. Listen. And a lot of people need to realize that a lot of artists have CDs, but there's a lot of just filler. There's a lot of just junk. And of course, you can put 64 songs on a bracket, but few people care about these songs. I can tell you, I know the lyrics to probably 95% of these songs. I'm going to tell you this. Um, I'm going to you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can rap. If, if, if these were perform at a concert, you would I don't know. know street life. You know what I'm saying? I don't know street life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it ain't like you can't learn about, it. Ain't, honestly, you know. I know just about every lyric to all these. These are called songs. These aren't just tracks. These are songs. These are things with incredible hooks, incredible stories, incredible... Um, themes, well thought out, you know, everything was crafted meticulously and put on these albums. So they, these weren't, these aren't just cuts you just go in a studio and make either. This is something somebody took time out and energy and really thought of what this meant. So every song on a Kanye album is meant there for a reason, you know what I'm saying? It's put there to invoke some kind of thought or some kind of energy. So you got to respect this list. I, I would love to copy this and do other rappers that we love. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, like I'll, I'll end it with Last Call. We don't got to say it. I don't, I'm not saying it's Kanye's best song. I'm sure people can argue there's a million songs better if they wanted to, but me personally, I think this is a tale of a dream that came through and is put into a song, and we're 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 talking about the dream right now, so I'm gonna go with that. <clears throat> I must got an angel, cause look how death missed his ass, unbreakable. What you thought they called me, Mr. Glass? Look back on my life like the ghost of Christmas past. Toys of us where I used to spend that Christmas cash, and I still won't grow up. Won't grow up. I'm a grown ass kid. Swear I should be locked up for stupid shit that I did, but I'm a champion. So I turn tragedy to triumph. Spit, make music that's fire. Spit my soul through the wire. That's it.
That's it. And isn't that a isn't that the Toilet Rush song? Mm-hmm. I still won't grow up. I don't want to grow up. I couldn't be a Toys R Us kid. What if somebody from the shot was ill, got a deal on the hottest rap label around, but he wasn't talking about coke and birds. It was more like spoken word, except he's really putting it down. He explained the story, how blacks came from glory and what we need to do in the game. Good dude, bad night, right place, wrong time in the blink of his eye. Oh, his whole life changed. If you could feel my, if you, <laughs> if you could feel how my face felt, you know how Mace felt. Thank God I ain't too cool for the safe belt. Yo, I mean, like, the reason that that is my favorite and that's that's the winner for me is because it's the it's one of the realest songs because he really had like people if you don't know if you want to see the pictures google it look at the video look at everything from it this is his first video he put the money up for it you know what I'm saying? He's standing in there and he's talking to the lady and she's like, yeah, you know who I am? She's like, yeah, yeah, you Kanye West. So you still going to give me that dollar? It was like, like, and then the music comes on and then the Polaroids and they're able to go into the history. And he knew that this shit was going to happen. He didn't know that was going to happen. He didn't know about this accident. And when the accident happened, he reacted. We've been getting that from Kanye West his entire career. When something happens, he reacts to it. So when he heard other music and was able to get with other producers, he gave us late registration. When he wanted to make and be and have the biggest tour and wanted to do better in stadium shit, he gave us graduation. When he went through tragedy and 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 hurt and heartbreak, he gave us 808s which changed fucking music. You know what I'm saying? When he did some bullshit and wanted to make an apology record and get back in people's good graces, he gave us a damn near perfect piece of music. You know what I'm saying? To the to put his life on the line as he says it to make that shit. And then after all of that, he gave us more hits with the cruel summer shit on the side, knowing that he could do it, but he was mad fucking frustrated with everything that was going on and his creativity being shunned. So he gave us Yeezus, which changed music again. And the, and life of Pablo is a continuation of that because now he's playing a, a, a composer puff daddy um, producer slash role like that. So he has reacted to everything that has happened to him and hasn't stopped since. And this is the best way to sum it all up is being told through every single door that they don't want to hear him rap. And then the doctor telling you, let yourself heal. I don't even want you to talk. And like he said, I make music that's fire. And I spit my soul through the wire. He gave you his soul on this record. Every time I hear that shit, every time I hear the sample, every time it kicks off, every time I hear those bongos, this is inspiration. This is what Kanye West, he says, if you're a fan of Kanye West, you're a fan of yourself. This spaceship 
all of these records. All of these records, you can find something in it that you can find in you. It's some of the most deep human shit. We ain't talking about the bleached asshole record. We ain't talking about that. But you know what I'm saying? We talking about this feeling and the and the ones that he went in with that particular purpose to give you something to make you feel something. Yo. <laughs> what up? That made, did, did you know that mace line? What that meant? Uh, wasn't he talking about because <laughs> his face is <laughs> big as mace, or was it the hot? You know, what I'm saying like. Nigga. So, so I I didn't notice. I just read it. So mace. This is a story. Mace was talking, you know, some shit about Wu Tang and. They caught up, caught him up in a club, and somebody that you know that rose with Ghostface said that he, he hit Mace in the jaw and like oh, broke his jaw. Shit. Yeah, so he's saying like Mace's jaw was broke, so he's saying that's what he's saying. That's how Mace, like that's how he tied in that line. I didn't, I never knew what that line meant. I thought it was hot, but I was like, yo, maybe it's because he. I never knew, but I was like, yo, I guess, you know what I'm saying? I was rolling with it, but that was, um, that was what that line meant. Wow. I mean, look, man, at the end of the day, um, sometimes niggas get lumped up, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause... Well, yeah, yeah, he wasn't disrespecting me, so I think he was just saying, like, like he had a broken jaw and, and I don't know I don't know how that line crept in there but that that shit makes sense now you know what I'm saying oh yeah that shit makes uh, perfect sense but that was Ye being you know witty and how he is with it and shit like that like that's uh matter of fact I just clicked on the link and, I'm uh, feeling you I'm feeling you um your final pick though I mean that it's kind of like if, if I'm thinking about a Dr. Dre 64, I might end up going with G-Thing because that's kind of like the beginning. It's kind of like the mm-hmm. essence of the, of the career, you know what I'm saying, of, of him being like a solo artist. So it's kind of like this is, this is Kanye's story, and this is like the first time we see him. And this, yeah, so I, I love your pick. I mean, that that could easily be my pick too. Um, I don't, damn, who? I'm trying to think who would I pick over the wire. That's crazy. I mean, well, the thing is with with your pick, I could have chose that one too because it's uh, the simple fact that, like you said, like I never skipped that. I never when this, when the shit is playing. It was inspiration. Like, yo, we was we was in a zone at that time. You know what I'm saying? We was literally, like, you know, we went to the concert. We seen his first headline and joint out here, which was crazy. You know what I'm saying? I remember you threw up the rock, you know what I'm saying? Because Dame wasn't doing it. You was way taller than me. So we both put the rock up. But Dame seen you do the shit, and then he started doing it. That's when uh, Samantha Ronson was up there, you know, doing her shit. She had a little baby rock chain. And... That shit was just an incredible night. You know what I'm saying? Ye coming out from the back with the Louis Vuitton bag. That's the first time we were introduced to John Legend. Um, he did the original version of Home, which is my favorite shit. Common came out. This nigga was doing backspins and shit like that when they did um, Get Him High and shit. 
and it was just an incredible night, man. He had the rock chain on. It was just, it was an incredible night. It was intimate, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't Staples Center or whatever, and we really, we really got to experience yay, man. It was just, like, some different shit, and I don't think that feeling can be recreated that night. Um, Ving Rhames was in the building. That nigga walked past us, you know what I'm saying, on some other shit. That was just an incredible night, man. And that that soundtrack, I had, like I said, I had it on tape, you know, and that was that was my soundtrack to my life at that particular point. That album changed my life, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, after that, I started, I finally started making beats, you know what I'm saying, and and really getting into the shit and really getting into the samples and and everything that he did, I was looking at every all the samples that he was doing. I was checking for, you know what I'm saying? And then we went to Big Boy's backstage breakfast and he spit, you know, this was him at the success point and he was still, you know, he was still him. There's still Kanye is still in it. That incredible, no, not taking no for an answer, motherfucker is still out here living and he loves this shit. He loves hip hop. He's a hip hop head backpacking all you know what I'm saying like that's his shit he may be into some other fashion shit now but that story man like like you said you know you still think we get that deal with Rockefeller like I listen to that every single time I play the album you know what I'm saying like and and it's just it's incredible last call like you know that's the that's the way you end it you know what I'm saying? But that song is what started it. You know what I'm saying? What started this whole transition. And that was a perfect way to end it. Even if I didn't have any other Kanye album, I would have been satisfied with the college dropout and everything that he did on there. Obviously, I'm we're, we're thankful for all of the shit that he put out afterwards. But that album, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just, if you're a real Kanye West fan, and this is, you know, this is how we feel. This is our opinion and shit like that. I don't see how there weren't more college dropout records in people's final four of, of the shit that I was seeing online. I didn't see a lot of them, but you know what I'm saying? That's to each day on. That depends on what type of fan you are. But from, from them day ones, you got to have at least one record from the college dropout in your final four. If you don't, you know what I'm saying? And, and I really do think that this is like probably one of my favorite Kanye songs of all time period you know what I'm saying like my favorite one so um that's my take on it that's that was our final four you know what I'm saying and it's just uh yo that's that shit so that's another recommendation if your ass ain't never heard the college dropout you better go play that if you calling yourself a Kanye fan out here and shit so uh <clears throat> but yeah man you know so this was a good episode you know what I'm saying we definitely when it comes to Kanye man we start talking for a minute so that's going to be a good, nice little, you know, couple of episodes, nice little series that we're going to do on Kanye because we could talk about this shit for days. We'll have it more structured out, but we'll be filming at that point. We'll break out, you know, the albums and, you know, play some music and shit like that and, you know, come with different uh, hidden gems and shit like that. It's going to be it's going to be ill when we really get down into the Kanye shit, you know what I'm saying, for real, for real. So I'm I'm, I'm excited to you know, get into that when we, when we get to it, you know what I mean? But, um, shit, man, before we get up out of here, you know what I'm saying? Anything else you want to hit him with, B? Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything. Did you have anything? Nah, not at this point. I mean, you know, we can save it for the next episode. Yeah, we good. 
You know what I mean? All right, well, yo, this was Alan B. Once again for the Say No More podcast. This is episode 10. We appreciate y'all rocking with us. You know what I mean? Yo, be good out there. And you know what I'm saying? Definitely all the time. Keep hip-hop first. All right? 100.